For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. edition June I'm sorry July 16 2020 that is correct thank you so much for being here I think the podcast have been sounding good I mean I say good the podcast have been sounding okay as of late I went back I took the time today while I was on the road to go back and listen to the podcast from this week. And they weren't awful. They could have been better. But I, I, I think I think that our new format, if you will, is going to work out. In the sense of doing these shorter podcasts so we can put out one every week. It'll give us some consistency. And that will also allow us to be a reliable show for you guys. Uh, I I think the consistency will also bring in more people, uh, random people that just stumble across us on on YouTube and and the podcast platforms and everything else. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're watching this show live, you saw that P. Diddy is in the studio. He said he wanted to hang out in here for the show. I don't really know what that means or what his end game is. Uh, his main thing is he just wants to uh, wait it out until I'm finished and he can play his uh, PS4. Because as you know, we've taken his <laughs> we've taken his bedroom and uh, turned it into the studio. And I just figured out why. I don't think the echo is bad tonight, but I noticed it yesterday, and I think I figured out why. 
because we have a giant blanket that doubles as soundproofing that's been hanging in front of me and it's no longer there. So what happened to it? Pete, do you have any answers for what happened to my blanket? You want to grab that mic and explain it to me real quick? Because I would really like to know. I have no clue. You don't know what happened to the blanket? No. Did it just fall? Did you use it for the dog bed? I probably... Oh. So the dogs were using it? Yeah. Mm. That's not good. I mean, it's not like I'm going to cover up with it or anything, but at the same time, I kind of need it up there. We'll be all right tonight. We'll set it up after the show and... And work it out, uh, work it out from there. All the social media stuff, y'all know the drill, Parlor and Twitter, at Andrew McLean Who on that front. Also, uh, Facebook over the line. Um, what else do I got? Oh, right here on YouTube. Those of you watching live, you already know that. But if you have not been to the over the line YouTube page and subscribed, you need to do so immediately. Immediately, we're trying to get a thousand subscribers, and I hope to be able to listen to this podcast one day and be like, huh, "You remember when we were begging for a thousand subscribers? That was a that was a long time ago. That may never happen. I may look back on this in five years and be like, "Man, can't believe I still don't have a thousand subscribers." But we'll see. Speaking of the social media, big story coming out of big tech today, uh, Twitter in particular. It's uh, according to Jack, at Jack on Twitter, the uh, CEO, he says it's been a, quote, tough day for Twitter. Well, Andrew, why has it been a tough day for Twitter? Well, because um, there was a hijacking of multiple high-profile Twitter accounts, and um, it's caused this ripple effect through social media. It has caused a ripple effect in the sense of people are unsure of their security on these platforms. And also, it has exposed what we on this show and many others have stated time and time and time again. That conservatives on social media are being shadow banned. That's right. What a shadow banned, Andrew. Well, I'm glad you asked. Let me tell you. Being shadow banned means you're posting on social media... And said social media platform is making sure your status or your tweet is not showing up in other people's feeds because they disagree. Not because you've broken their terms of service or you're you're violating their community standards. It means they just don't like what you said, so they're going to make sure nobody sees it. There have been multiple conservatives, uh, people with cons- uh, conservatives with Twitter accounts and everything else that have claimed they've been shadow banned. There was even uh, an effort by a lot of uh, accounts that they would put the the little red X emoji, I think it was the X emoji, uh, by their name to symbolize, hey, I'm, I've been a victim of being shadow banned. I think it's happened to me, personally. But it, it almost certainly was a thing... It was out there, and it, it, it was it was almost an, a known secret, an open secret, if you will, uh, without having the definitive proof of it, per se. Because Twitter, the CEOs of Big Tech, they had gone to Congress to testify on this, because 
these platforms, they have certain protections that uh, they get under the uh, under the, the the pretense that they're going to be free, fair, and open and allow people to exercise their freedom of speech on these platforms. And if they don't, the president's already talked about this, they'll be stripped of those protections because at that point, you're no longer a... a, a um, what's the term I'm looking for? Just you're, you're no longer a... A, a platform that's providing a public service, if you will. I, I don't, I'm not explaining that right. Just forgive my terminology. But you know what I'm saying. So they're going to be stripped of these things. Now, what's ironic is that when they went in front of Congress, they were very adamant about saying that there is no shadow banning going on. There is no shadow banning of conservatives... We would never do that. We promote free speech, and as long as that speech is not hate speech or putting someone in danger, we'll allow it to happen. As long as it's not a threat of violence or anything of the sort, we'll let it happen. And so many people kept saying, but I'm, I'm over here being, being censored. I'm having my stuff. I've got tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of followers that are not seeing my stuff when I post it. Like, I'll post something about some... Uh, I'll, I'll put a cat meme out there. I'll get 10,000 likes, but then I'll post something that's pro-Trump. And all of a sudden, I'm only getting 1,500 likes. Why is that? Well, we know now. So here's... here. It's hard for me when stuff like this happens, especially when it involves big tech and social media. Some of y'all may think I'm really social media savvy, and I'm not. I have a hard time not comprehending it, but explaining it because I'm just not one of those people. But let me just give you a summary of, of, of what happened with this major security breach with Twitter. High-profile individuals and companies were hijacked, including these people. Joe Biden, former President Barack Obama... Tulsa's CEO, Elon Musk, Bill Gates, and even the official accounts of Uber and Apple, their accounts were hacked. A lot of these individuals from, from multiple fields are reacting to the news that these major accounts were apparently easily hijacked in the space of just a few hours and how Twitter could prevent such an attack Again, in the future, there was a guy named Jason Kobler. I think it's Kobler and not Cobbler. I didn't want to say Cobbler because I didn't want to sound fat and hungry. We'll say Jason Kobler. He's a reporter from an outlet called Motherboard. He tweeted photos of an internal Twitter tool or internal Twitter, Twitter tools shared with that outlet by sources claiming to have knowledge of the hack. So they posted it, and now those images are being removed from Twitter for containing, quote, personal information, despite the screenshot simply showing an internal Twitter dashboard with no identifying info. So he tweets out, Twitter just locked my account and made me delete a tweet about how this hack worked. Now, if you're asking how he's tweeting if his account's locked, what happens is if you break the rules on Twitter or you tweet something that goes against their rules, uh, 
They lock your account, and they tell you the only way to unlock your account is to delete said post. So they can come back and say, well, we didn't delete their post. They did. Well, yeah, of course they did, because you told them they had to do it, or they're not going to be allowed on Twitter. He said, earlier, Twitter told us it was only locking accounts that posted private personal information. The screenshot I tweeted has no personal information in it, and was censored, it just shows how an internal Twitter tool. It just shows how an internal Twitter tool. That doesn't make sense to me, but you get you get what he's saying. And he shows the screenshot of where he was, uh, it, that tweet was blocked, his account was locked, and, and what he had to do to, to, to fix it. A lot of other people across Twitter started to worry about the impact of the hack. There's a game developer, his name's Mark Kern. He's best known for World of Warcraft. Any of you nerds play that? Y'all know Mark Kern. P. Diddy knows Mark Kern, and when I said nerds, he threw his hands up because I just called him a nerd, basically. Uh, He tweeted that the hack could have some really, really big impacts. He said, the more I think about this, the worse this Twitter hack is on multiple fronts. It's going to have some really, really big impacts. Uh, another journalist from eSports, uh, or I'm sorry, journalist and eSports commentator Richard Lewis said in a tweet that the leaked internal, internal tools prove that the company lied to Congress about the type of tools they have in place. This, is, this, this more than likely refers to what appears to be blacklisting or blacklisting options for accounts in Twitter's internal tools. Now, Jack Dorsey, Jack, CEO, at Jack of Twitter, uh, he and his staff have long claimed that the act of shadow banning or preventing users' tweets from being seen is just some crazy conspiracy theory. But here's Richard Lewis, and he said, this Twitter hack stuff is amazing. Not only does it prove how weak their security is, it also proves they lied about the types of tools they had in place when they were questioned by Congress. They're suspending accounts over sharing this, by the way. And he shared a, um, a, a, a an article from Vice.com. Just says, hackers convinced Twitter employee to help them hijack accounts. I haven't looked at that particular story, but it's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, Tim Poole, who's another journalist, he came to a similar conclusion. He said that blacklisting options are clearly labeled in the leaked internal screenshots which I have not seen. I can't seem to find a a screenshot of it, but you may have seen one. He said, I don't get why anyone bothers arguing about social media bias against conservatives. It's a fact. Twitter's best response to me last year was, quote, thank you for the feedback. Now we can be seen in, and now we can see in the leaked screenshots, they seemingly do shadow ban and blacklist people. Kim.com, another account, and this guy is a German uh, internet entrepreneur, they call him. Uh, he's, he's the founder of a website called MegaUpload.com. This is a file-sharing website. Uh, he got hemmed up with charges back in 2012. I'm trying to remember this right. For uh, was copyright infringement or... Um, something, something to do with copyright and, and also money laundering. Um, but 
he posted on Twitter that the hack has revealed the evidence from social media and how it's no longer reliable in court as it can be edited by Twitter employees or anyone with access to Twitter's internal tools. Because in a lot of cases, you know, people could take a social media post, whether that's Facebook or Twitter or whatever, and use it in court and say, hey, this person, they, um, they said this. They said this on Twitter, you know, for whatever reason. If Twitter, anybody at Twitter or anybody that can get access to these internal tools or this database... This shows that they can go in and edit whatever they want, whether that's biographies, whether that's direct messages, or it's straight-up tweets. Now, if you use Twitter, you know you can't even edit your own tweet. But Twitter has the power to do so, which shouldn't be surprising, but they pretend like they don't, and that's the problem. Kim.com said on Twitter, What does the Twitter hack reveal? There are government backdoors with God mode, which by that he means full editing power for every account, every message. Evidence from email, smartphones, social media is no longer reliable in court because it can be edited. Backdoors can be abused as seen today. There were a lot of responses from people that were apparently hacked, and I've had problems outside of Elon Musk's hacked tweet. I've had problems seeing where these, like, seeing the actual screenshots of the hacked tweets, because I want to see Joe Biden's. I want to see Obama's. I want to see what it said. Elon Musk said something about Bitcoin and how if people send him a thousand, a thousand Bitcoins or whatever, that he'd send them 2,000 back. You know, it's like getting an email that you're your cousin is a Nigerian prince that just came into millions of dollars and he wants to give you a cut. Just send me $500 through a monogram and I will send you back your $4 million inheritance. I did see Piers Morgan tweeted. Uh, he said, no, I'm not Ghislaine Maxwell's secret husband. Nor am I transitioning, providing Bitcoin advice, quitting GMB, Good Morning Britain. I think is that that's the show he hosts. Going vegan or replacing Jafra Archer in the test match. All will be revealed in high noon. That, I don't know what any of that means. But that is obviously him responding to whatever was said on his Twitter account. This is going to be an interesting story because it doesn't just stop there. I then found out this afternoon that the FBI has opened an investigation into this Twitter hack. And if they find things that Twitter under oath in Congress said didn't exist... Somebody's going to have to pay the piper. Somebody's going to have to pay the price for lying to Congress. The FBI leading an investigation into a hacking campaign that compromised several high-profile Twitter accounts. According to Wall Street Journal, Reuters, uh, sources familiar with the probe said, blah, blah, blah. 
Uh, Reuters reported that the FBI is leading the probe, citing two sources familiar with the effort. The FBI is aware of the operation, but declined to comment about an investigation, according to the Bureau. Uh, or a Bureau spokesperson told Wall Street Journal. Twitter declined to comment. Department of Justice did not respond to the Daily Caller, who reached out and requested comment. But, again, it's going to be... <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see. Here's what Jack said. I don't know if I read his tweet yet, but he said, Tough day for us at Twitter. We all feel terrible this happened. We're diagnosing and we'll share everything we can when we have more. We have a more complete understanding of exactly what happened. Love to our teammates working hard to make this right. Well, <laughs> they but. They better be fixing something, cuz y'all about to be in trouble. Twitter, at Jack, y'all about to be in trouble, cuz. You better do something. There's a lot going on when it comes to Twitter. And and this is kind of related to the, the podcast that Trish and I are going to do. We actually thought about doing it tonight, but I think we're pushing it back a night or two. Um, and it'll just, it'll kind of line up with this show in particular, but we're doing a show strictly on conspiracy theories. It's going to be about whether it's UFOs or pedo rings or government, you know, corruption or what. But the pedo ring ties into the Twitter stuff because there are people, for some reason, are deleting old tweets at a rapid pace. The one chick, and I can't think of her name, she is a girlfriend of... John Legend, she's made some, she's sent out some very questionable tweets, and she is under fire for that reason as they're looking into the actions of Gisling Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein and all that kind of stuff. She deleted like 28,000 plus very questionable deletes, and a lot of people are saying, Why? Why are you doing that now? Does this have something to do with? More people looking into that stuff? Into child trafficking? Has it got to do with Ghislaine Maxwell being in jail or prison or whatever? And you're afraid she's about to talk? What is it? Why are you doing that? We'll talk about all that when Trish and I uh, hook up that podcast. And we'll kind of keep you up to date to when exactly we do that. Kristen Teigen. Thank you. Trish had to actually come into the live video. To tell, to tell me who I was thinking about. Christy Kristen Teigen is who we're talking about. There's a lot going on when it comes to the child trafficking. And I think that's going to be the main thing we're talking about. Because there is so much. We're, and we're not going to be able to, to fit it all into one show. Chrissy. Chrissy Teigen. There we go. We got it. We're going to get the hang of it. There is a lot to unpack when it comes to the child trafficking in Hollywood and the federal government. I mean a lot. So it's going to be a wild ride when her and I do this podcast. And it'll be fun because it's me and Trish. Why wouldn't it be fun? Um, Let me move over because we've only got a few minutes left. And I know some of y'all are saying, oh my goodness, it's uh, why is it so short? I feel like it's short too. But y'all just, y'all work with me. This is all happening for a reason. Moving over to coronavirus. 
Now, we're seeing a trend across the country where companies are coming out and they're saying, hey, we're requiring all people to wear masks when they come in our stores nationwide. Walmart, I think, has been the latest to announce that. You've got Target that's announced that. CV, it was either CVS or Walgreens. Those two will go hand in hand. So once one does it, the other will do it. Uh, and many other companies. It, that comes with a lot of states doing these mask mandates. Laying down a mandate that everybody in the state has to wear a mask while they're in public. Some indoor and outdoor activities. If you're in the state of Alabama, in Birmingham, like we are, you know that Governor Kayave just issued a mask mandate yesterday that started approximately three hours ago. As of three hours ago, until the end of the month, you have to wear a mask when you go into any establishment, no matter what that is. It's not according to our state government. It is not a decision that is up to the business owner. It is mandated. And the punishment for not wearing a mask is a $500 fine or jail time. We're literally in a place where you could go to jail for not wearing a mask. Now, of course... Of course, Governor Ivy said, we don't want to throw anybody in jail for not wearing a mask. We just want to keep the people safe. And I don't expect anybody to get thrown in jail or be fined. But I do expect a lot of people going into establishments across the state and not wearing a mask. Because business owners did not ask for this. For the big box stores, for the Walmarts, for the for the, the Whole Foods, for the Targets. Those guys, they do the bidding of the ownership, of the upper echelon, of the, the, the top dogs in the company. They get a call and they say, y'all make sure everybody's got a mask. They don't have a mask. You can boot them out. They can do that because, one, if they have to kick one, two, three, even 50 people out a day, they're making enough money to make up for that. But your mom and pop business in Leeds, Alabama, or in Aniana, or in, in Alabaster, these guys can't afford to take the hit, especially in the midst of COVID-19. They've lost tons of money because of this virus, because the government shut the economy down. And every person that walks in that building and spends their hard-earned money is greatly appreciated by those business owners. They do not want to look at a person who is in there for the sole purpose of spending money and tell them they got to leave because they ain't got a mask or they don't want to wear a mask. They're not going to, most, most business owners are not going to do that. They're going to let you do what you got to do and not say anything about it. I've been in several stores already that when I walk in, 
everybody, employees and patrons, are wearing masks, and I am not. And you know what the employee said to me? Nada. Acted as if I was just like everybody else and I was wearing a mask. I didn't say anything. Now, the other people in the store that were wearing masks, they were looking at me funny, but I don't care. You can look at me funny. Whatever. But that's going to be the M.O. of these business owners. They're not, they're, they're not in the business. They didn't start that business to boss people around when they come to the store. And they're not going to start doing that now. Especially the business owners with common sense that think a lot of this is bogus in the first place. But that's neither here nor there. Mask mandates happening across the country. One in the state of Georgia. Georgia does not have a statewide mask mandate, but they've got some local mask mandates. In particular, the city of Atlanta. Atlanta said, everybody in our city is going to be forced to wear a mask while they're out in public. So what did Governor Brian Kemp, Governor of Georgia, what did he do? He overrides with an executive order any municipalities enforcing some sort of mass mandate. He's prohibiting these local municipalities from establishing mask mandates for people who go out in public. He said, or, or the order says, that it nullifies more than 15 mandates that have already been issued by local governments throughout the state and instead of a mask mandate, the state order says that masks are strongly encouraged except when eating, drinking, exercising. Candace Bross, spokeswoman for Brian Kemp, said previous executive orders and now this order state no, state no local action can be more or less restrictive than ours. We have explained that local mask mandates are unenforceable. The governor continues to strongly encourage Georgians to wear masks in public. So his order stands in contrast to other states, and those of us in Alabama wish we had a governor like Kemp, but we don't, unfortunately. We've got Momo Ivy. But he's stepping up, and he's like, here's the deal. We can't enforce it, so it's stupid to even do it in the first place. You're putting the citizens in a bad position, and you're putting business owners in a bad position. We've seen people across this country get in fights and die over whether or not they, they have to wear a mask in a store. We've seen people shot and killed. Tensions are high right now. Why do we want to add to that? Because guess what? Your stupid masks are not working. They're not working. The two hot spots in the state of Alabama are Mobile, is that, what is that, Baldwin County, and Jefferson County, where Birmingham is located. Those are the two hot spots. Those are also the two spots that over the past month have had a mask mandate. Yet the coronavirus numbers have continued to go up. Why is that? Because masks don't work. That's why. They don't work. At all. So as we pretend 
like we're doing something by forcing people to do things we want to do while we continue to let people out of prison because of coronavirus. Prison population uh, across the country is down 8%, y'all. Because some of the leaders in these Democrat cities, they they think it's a good idea to let people out of prison because they think the virus is going to spread and then everybody's going to be infected and then jailers are infected and they take it home and they infect their family and blah, blah. If masks work, why does it matter? Why are you letting people out of prison if masks work? Just put a mask on everybody, right? And for the people that are wearing masks to complain about the people that aren't wearing masks, well, Mr. Mask, if your mask works, what are you worried about? Because the guy that's not wearing one, if he's infected, it's not going to affect you. You got a mask on. Yeah, you got a mask. Here's the thing. We talked about last night how coronavirus numbers are being hyped like we've never seen. Hyped beyond belief. And there's a mixture of why that is. It, it's almost, in all these, all these instances, all the examples there is as to why the numbers are so high, Almost all of them are political, political reasons. I've told you about the spike in Florida and Trump trying to hold the Republican National Convention there. I've told you about Democrat cities that just want a reason to shut their city down. And then Democrats on a national level that want to shut the country down. So the economy is in a crapper and nobody's got a job when they go vote on November 3rd. All those are are real reasons as to why the numbers are so high. But you ask yourself, how do they do it? How do they inflate these numbers? How do they get all the healthcare workers across the country to get on the same page and help them inflate these numbers? Because they can't... The the Department of, of Health... They can't just make up their own numbers out of thin air. They've got to use the numbers that they're being given by the, by the hospitals and the testing sites. Well, there's a mixture of a lot of things. There's one, that people are going to get tested, not getting tested because they're tired of waiting in line and then getting a call back a week later and saying they're positive. I've heard, just over the past three days, I've heard of five different instances from people that they went to get tested, never got tested because they didn't want to wait in line, and then got a call a week later that they were positive. They said, I didn't take the test. Oh, Mr. So-and-so, we're so sorry. We must have got you confused. Sorry to scare you like that and make you think you were COVID positive. Hang up the phone. Well, what do they do with that positive? Do they leave it on the list? More than likely. But the biggest thing, the biggest thing revolves around the money that exchanges hands in order to produce COVID positive results. You've had hospitals that have lost a lot of money due to having to cancel elective procedures whether that's just surgery, uh, hip surgery, whether it's uh, you know gastric bypass surgery, whatever the case is. If it's not life or death, 
You were put on hold for a period of time. That's where the hospitals make all their money. All of it. And so hospitals had to stop that and had to come up with a different way to make money if they were going to survive. If not, they were going to have to completely shut down, right? Well, the government, in their big, generous 2 and $3 trillion handout, decided that it would be a good idea to give hospitals and medical establishments kickbacks for COVID-positive patients. Now, we heard this early on, that to come up with a positive test, uh, a, 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 a hospital got tens of thousands of dollars, or whatever it was. To put a patient on a ventilator, they got even more money. But it's much deeper than that. I heard a story just this afternoon on my good buddy Leland's radio show. A lady called in. I think she was talking about her daughter. She said, we had, uh, and just if I'm wrong about this, I'm sorry, but she's talking about somebody. She said, my daughter was giving birth. She, they had to t- she had to take a, a, a coronavirus test. It, they said it was positive, and because of that, she had to give birth alone with nobody in there, no husband, no family, no nothing. And the whole time they treated her as if she had leprosy. And then, then she found out afterwards, uh, it, was a, it was a bad test. You're actually not COVID positive. She found out because later on she went to take the antibody test and it came back negative, which means she never had the virus. Why would they do that? What's the point in doing that? It's because even things like delivering a baby while you're COVID positive, the hospital gets a separate kickback. So there's all this money coming from government that is incentives to inflate your numbers. Incentives to make somebody COVID-19 positive that's not really COVID-19 positive. And you can't blame them because they're going broke. They lost all this money, so they've got to do something. And so it starts this vicious cycle of hospitals reporting bad numbers. The health officials adding them all up and saying, look at this. Look how high the numbers are. We've got a spike. So obviously, we have to shut down more. Obviously, y'all are going to have to wear masks. Obviously, we can't let you go to church. We can't let you do this. Obviously, kids can't go back to school. Because look at the numbers. And if you don't believe the numbers, guess what? You're a science denier. You're a conspiracy theorist. If you don't let... If you don't believe the numbers, you're... Bat-ish crazy. This is what it comes down to. And that's the tool they're using to keep this political game, which is titled Defeat Donald Trump. They're using that to keep the game going to defeat Donald Trump in November. And that is 100%. 100%. The reason behind all of this. Every single bit of it. Man. 
Yo, I got on a, a roll today. P. Diddy, I was on a roll today. How did you feel about that podcast? You think I did pretty good? Yeah, pretty good. Impressed? Yeah. You should be. I'm sweating. Look. Yeah. You see the sweat beads? Mm-hmm. Ooh. <laughs> These fake COVID numbers get me fired up. Yeah. 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 All right. I appreciate you hanging out with me. Mm-hmm. Even though you didn't really do anything but make a little bit of noise and explain why my soundproofing is gone. But I appreciate it anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. <laughs> We're out of here. Um, again, don't forget about the social media. Do me a favor. Share this video. If you don't, share the podcast that you can find on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all the platforms. Go to Twitter and Parlor and follow me on there at Andrew McLean. Who? And then over the line on Facebook. Brand new podcast coming at you tomorrow. Make sure you don't miss it. And until then, see you, cool.